Welcome to Treasure Valley Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Onoctane. What is it like to live with schizoaffective disorder? What is it like to live with untreated schizoaffective disorder? This week, I chat with writer-director Heather Horner, whose short film, Effective, covers that exact topic. Enjoy our conversation. Welcome, Heather. Thank you for making time to chat. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is exciting. You made a short film about schizoaffective disorder. I did, yeah. Um, it's about a, about a writer who, um, whose medication is stolen, and so she has to survive the next five days um, before her prescription can be refilled, and she starts to um, become symptomatic, uh, seeing hallucinations, hearing the voices, and, and just really struggling, and then having um, her neighbor come and support her and and um, just be present. So it's a very, very personal, very humane, very vulnerable story. And I love it. What was your motivation for writing it? Uh, my motivation for writing it was my grandmother. Uh, she had um, a mental illness, and but there were no services in rural Montana. So she didn't have services. She didn't have medication. So she wound up locking herself pretty much in her house and just trying to like keep herself together, keep herself from flying apart. Um, she would write herself little notes here and there just to kind of maintain. She, if this is on, you're hallucinating. Um, you're safe. Like she would tell her thing, tell herself these things through her notes. And I realized as she was dying, she had said some things about writing. And I had realized that I didn't know my grandmother, which is heartbreaking when you don't know your grandparents the way that you thought you did. And she had said something about wanting to be a writer. And she passed away almost 20 years ago. And when the I-48 February challenge came up, I wrote a quick piece. Um, 10, 10 pages of here's here's a retelling of my grandmother. And it did phenomenally well at the I-48. And I put it out to festivals internationally and the script was very well received. And when Twin Festival or in the Twin Falls Sandwich Festival came around, Cody Newton and I began collaborating on making a female full female casting crew production of Effective. And that's where we are. What was the writing process for that? I mean, obviously your grandmother was your inspiration, but how long did it take you to put pencil to paper? It probably took me about 10 hours to really figure out what I wanted to say, like what the message of it was. Because it's one thing to say, oh, here's this writer, but where's the struggle? I wanted to really showcase that mental illness, it can be contained and used for good, used, you know, for her own power and to be able to harness it and keep her routine. So I really wanted to just kind of demonstrate like what good coping skills look like, you know, that you can be successful even with a chronic and acute mental illness and showing that it's not a linear thing. Recovery and mental illness, you know, there's always relapses and stuff setbacks. And, and, and I really wanted to demonstrate that that's a real thing. 
and it's okay. It came out on paper a lot better than I can talk about it, which is strange. (laughs) (laughs) People obviously need to watch the movie, which is available now, correct? Correct, on Amazon Prime. And then I believe if you don't have Prime, um, it's on YouTube somewhere. I think it's under Newton to Newton Productions on their on his YouTube channel. So it should be there. To chat a little bit about the film, the delusions and the hallucinations were pretty, they were entertaining in a disturbing way. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the production design on that was very specific. They're all bright and vivid colors and the way hallucinations are or can be. Um, so I wanted her to be in these like mute colors, but the party that she's not invited to in her own head is very bright and very loud. And then there's sock puppets. I, I had taken some of my inspiration for the hallucinations from a music video called the German Sparkle Party. Oh, I've never heard of that one. And I referenced that directly in the script. And so when it got to Germany and Italy, people were like screaming. They were so excited. (laughs) That's very cool. So you wrote the script in 2019? Actually, I think it's 2018, the more I think about it, because then 2019 was the I-48. And then we shot it at the end of 2019. How was the shooting process? It was it was really great. It was a mad scramble. Props to Amanda Woods and Amanda Fitch for continuity. There's five days of no sleep for Katie, no sleep for the hallucination party goers, no sleep for the two jerks. And so everything kind of had to match. And then we had to do it by location and then by makeup. And so, yeah, so they had a lot to keep track of. And They pulled it off perfectly. Oh, so you were shooting all those scenes over multiple days, obviously. You had to go back, look at her old footage and see how she was dressed and see exactly how she looked to make sure it matched up okay? It was three days of shooting, yeah, all squished together. So it was like, boom, 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 week of Christmas. So it wasn't like pulled out. It was just an intense amount of makeup changes and costume changes over the over the three days. And then we had like a pickup shot later on this summer. Wow, you cranked that out quickly then if you shot that in three days and then an extra pickup day in the summer. Yeah, <laughs> it was brutal. <laughs> it was brutal. I was really tired come Monday morning, but it was good. Um, and I think it really helped, especially um, with Katie. You know, just being able to stay in that mind frame rather than having to come back a couple weeks later and try and pull it off again. And Katie was the lead actress who played the character with schizoaffective disorder. Correct. Yep. And so, yeah, it was it was I think it's easier for her to stay in that that mindset and just kind of work through it, get it done and not have to come back to it months later or weeks later. It's emotionally wrenching. There's a lot of vulnerability and emotion that that came with this. And most of the people not actually on camera were crying a little bit and, and welling up like it was just it was powerful. And I felt that, you know, if we had pulled this out further, it, we would have lost something. Katie did a hell of a job on the performance for sure. She killed it. She killed it. And Nicole was this perfect balance. You know, here's the here's here's a gentle world that you know that that you can be okay with. And it was it was beautiful. It really was. I was very happy with my casting choices. Very. It sounds like it went pretty smoothly the shooting process then. 
everybody everybody showed up that said they were going to show up everybody was there we had a lot of we had a lot of crew and a lot of people were were learning and Cody was taking the time to teach people stuff and that was fantastic everybody learned so much and then was able to move forward so this is a, that was a group production then passion project for everybody <laughs> It really was. And I really enjoy my projects being very collaborative. I just feel like I don't have any ego in this game. Like I want everyone to be so proud of what they've done for the film that that doesn't come from my ego. That comes from everyone else's creativity and collaboration. And it worked really well. Were there any scenes that were particularly difficult to put together? The last scene of the film, emotionally difficult. Uh, It didn't go as scripted. Uh, that as script, you know, scripted, there's no physical contacts. You don't actually know if the other character is real. It was, it was strange that once it happened the way it did in the movie, we couldn't go back. To me, that was, it was a little difficult because I really liked sticking with the script, but then I realized that, you know, this is, this is perfect. Like the actors pulled it off in a way that I couldn't. It was really beautiful. Is this your first directing debut? So I did direct um, Willa, and it's still in post-production. Um, it's with a special effects person down in L.A. right now. And that's that's truly my uh, first time directing. It's like two or three years out now. And I'm totally okay with that. And having this one is my first one, coming out strong, doing really well, and realizing that I can be genuine. Like, I don't have to try so hard to make a movie that doesn't really reflect who I am or how I feel about the world. It's a great learning lesson about being genuine. People can be successful being themselves. And I think that's a really great lesson that I learned. That's that's a good one. Are, were you feeling pressure to try to write things that weren't necessarily within your wheelhouse? Yeah, there was there was some, um, and I don't mind writing like outside my wheelhouse. I like being able to challenge myself, but I think in this case, letting it flow and letting it be this real thing, this genuine thing that people can connect to without making it supernatural or horror. It was very different for me, but it also felt really amazing too. Not sure how to describe it other than other than you don't have to try so hard to impress other people. Just tell the story that's in your heart. The biggest lesson we can learn as filmmakers. Are you going to keep shopping this film around to film festivals? Yeah, so I think Cody's got it in a few more and I am trying to flesh it out into a feature. So I'll be doing Kickstarter stuff here probably within the next year, making it a little a little bit more than it is. I mean, because it's already 20 minutes, but really making more connections uh, with the secondary character and the hallucinations and really kind of creating this place in this space where she can't escape. So I'm working with Argos um, a little bit and kind of in preliminary talks about what that looks like. And and we're both very excited, Erica. <laughs> we're both very excited about what that looks like. Have you started working on the script for the feature? In the middle of that, um, more, more frantic about the writing because as you lose focus and as you are unable to write, you know, things start to get messy. Diving into that a little bit more is going to be interesting. Your plan is to send this to film festivals then and get some attention for it so you can turn it into a feature film. Yep. Yep. Or even just using, yeah, even just using 
like the trailer and um, the short film as part of raising an interest for yeah the films. I don't feel like I have to try extra hard because it's already successful and it stands on its own. I'm excited to see the feature length version of this, Heather. Hopefully, hopefully it comes to fruition sooner rather than later. <laughs> yep, and I think I'd I think I'd keep my I think I'd keep my my two actresses too. I I don't. It's magic. They're magic together and. It's kind of a special thing when you're behind the camera and actors take over in a way that you don't predict. Yeah. And it turns out so beautiful. And you're like, you, you got to be able to trust your actors. And I do. I love them. I love them all. It's an amazing film community. And I trust everyone that was on that set. And that's, that's, that's so much. That speaks so much to like how much this community has grown and where we're at and where we can be and where we're going. I love it. Yeah, the film community here is super helpful. You make a post and you have you have more people than you would ever ask for willing to help out at the drop of a hat, usually. It's amazing. It's amazing. And everyone is so talented and so special like in what they can do and what they bring to the table. Are you going to be doing any other work between now and the feature film then for Ozies since you had so much help on this project that you worked on? Um, so I'm going to be doing the... H48 with Cody here soon. The next is a couple of weeks. And then um, he and I are also working on a Star Trek film, film trailer. So I've got the cast and crew ready to go. I'm working on making my first Klingon costume. If you haven't made a Klingon costume before, it's it's more than you expect. <laughs> I think I think the name Klingon costume it sounds like a lot of work to me. <laughs> well, and then there's different versions. Is it a DS9? Is it the older seasons of DS9? Is it like what kind of Klingon are we talking about? And, I'm like, sure there's a Reddit subgroup that you can message and they'll let you know in an instant if you're wrong. Just send them a spec sheet. I managed to get a hold of um, one of the top fandom groups leaders, and I'm like, tell me. Tell me about Klingons, like, because I could talk about stuff. Did you have to ask him in Klingon how how the suit was built, or did he speak English? He spoke English. I'm so thankful. That's good. He sounds like a down to earth Star Trek fan. He's amazing. Awesome. Well, thanks for spending time with us today, Heather. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Treasure Valley Podcast. If you enjoyed that episode, make sure you hit the follow button on whatever platform you're listening on. And we'll catch you again next time on our next new broadcast.